Chapter 2, The Ride Home. Anytime I leave Mary or Gina, I get this little sensation in my heart, a sadness and emptiness. And it's been that way uh, since they were babies. After I got divorced, it became even more prevalent. So I tried to do everything possible to see them every day and be there for them at all times. Now I'm alone in Gina's CRV, leaving Hoboken, reflective, daydreaming, approaching the tunnel when, guess what? Traffic brings me back to reality. It's 4 p.m., and I'm hot and tired and stopped in the tunnel. After about 40 minutes of what should have been a seven-minute ride, I see light, and I'm in New York City with more traffic. Which is the best way out of this woods? So I think, well, the Midtown Tunnel must be packed. So let me try the Williamsburg Bridge. I drive toward the village. It's about 5.30 p.m., and I'm hot, dry, and there's more traffic. All right, let me stop for a quick beer to quench my thirst. I find an illegal parking spot by a place called Off the Wagon. Rush in, have two pints of cold Coors Light and another kettle one on the rocks. It's happy hour, so ten bucks on the bar covers everything. Rush back to the car, and I'm off to the bridge. Once I plow through the city and get to the bridge, the traffic is not too bad, so I'm thinking... On my way, uh, maybe I'll get home by 7.30. No way. Get over the bridge, hit the BQE, and it's a parking lot. All right, I'm beaten. So I crawl along with the traffic, and I'm starting to get hungry. It's a quarter of seven, and if it stays like this, I'll be home at 9 o'clock, and I won't eat till 9.30, if I'm lucky. In Williamsburg, there's a bar called Beaumonti's, an Italian restaurant that's been there since Christ was a kid. The food is great. I'd been going there for years. My father grew up in this neighborhood, and any time I was in there for business or whatever, I'd stop for a little bit to eat. The bartender's name is Mike, but everyone calls him Diesel because he's built like a diesel engine. In this neighborhood, everyone has a nickname. I park the car, walk in the door, and the big guy greets me. Hey, kid! How you doing? You want a martini? Yeah, well, sure I do, but first I want another Coors Light. I'm thirsty. I gulp that baby down. The martini is on its way, and I'm, I'm ready to order something, so I order a grilled chicken Caesar salad sandwich and a, a bit of Italian bread. Sip the martini, and just before the food arrives, I'm down to the olives. Down the hatch. Want a wine? Diesel asks. Sure I do. Another Pino Grigio. Finish my dinner drink my wine, and naturally the big guy backs me up before I can open my mouth. A second Pino Grigio is right there in front of me. Now I'm relaxed and feeling nice and refreshed. Holy shit, it's almost 8.30. Want an espresso, kid? If I have an espresso, that means a Sambuca, and I'm going to be here till 9, 9.30. No thanks, Diesel. Just give me the check, please. Okay, kid. I get the check, and considering everything, the big guy takes care of me. I pay cash and tell him, keep the change, boss. Okay, kid, drive carefully. I walk to the car and I'm off. Drive through the neighborhood, hit the BQE, over the Kosciuszko Bridge, and on to the LIE. I am exhausted. Traffic is slow, but moving steadily. I should be home by 9.30 p.m. No baseball games tonight. It's Monday and both the Yankees and Mets are off, so I'm stuck listening to WFAN and the assholes who call in. And being exhausted, I'm not in the mood.
I'm not in my car, so I don't have my CD rack, and I wind up shutting the goddamn radio off. Traffic is still about the same, but I'm bored and tired. Nothing on the radio, so what do I do? Like an asshole, I start texting and playing with my cell phone. I'm approaching the Cross Island Parkway. I'm getting closer. Cross Island Parkway is near. I'm moving. I might, might make it by 920. Ah, the Southern State Parkway is in sight. I hit the exit, glide around the circular curve, and I'm on it. Traffic, once again, is slow but moving. Playing with that phone was a big mistake because somewhere along the Southern State, I must have changed lanes without signaling. I'm moving along, doing about 40 miles an hour, which, you know, which is keeping with the flow of traffic. I pass the old toll booth in Valley Stream. This area where the old toll booth used to exist is a monumental landmark. When I was a kid, and probably until I was 19 years old, the cost of this toll was a dime, and that dime meant I was on my way to Grandma and Grandpa's house in Brooklyn. I could do another whole book on my relatives, but I don't want to stray from the theme of this one. I will tell you that my grandfather, Philip Adamo, was, in my eyes, the epitome of what every man should be. Not pretentious, not arrogant, not crass, but rather strong, funny, loving, caring, intelligent, unassuming, and human. Not perfect, but human. I always looked forward to being with him. I loved him. Anyway, I'm past the toll area, and now I'm past Valley Stream State Park. Shit, if all goes well, I'll be home in 25 minutes. I'm past the Meadowbrook Parkway, and I'm on my way. And then it happened. Blaring siren. Lights flashing. I'm in the middle lane, so like I always do when I hear sirens, I pull over to the right so whoever it is can pass and get through. Only this time, the car ain't passing. It's getting behind me. Oh, shit, it's a fucking cop. Pull off the parkway and on to the shoulder. He bellows through the loudspeaker. What shoulder? There's only a grass embankment here. So I drive onto it. Stay in your car, roars the mic'd up voice. The cop strolls over to me. It's a New York State trooper. He walks up to the window. License and registration. I nervously take out my wallet. I find the license right in front of me. I also have two police benevolent association cards that I can't find among all my other cards. Stupid me. I should have kept them right in the front with the license, but in hindsight, I don't think it would have made a difference with this guy. So I reach in the glove compartment, get the registration and hand it to him, and I know I'm in trouble. Have you been drinking tonight? Oh, shit. Now, what, what the hell am I going to tell him? What am I supposed to do? I know the smell of alcohol is probably permeating through my dehydrated body. I know I'm fucking exhausted and probably look like I'm in bad shape. And I know that lying to this guy ain't going to help me one bit. Yes, sir. I had a couple of drinks with dinner. Step out of your car. Just about that time, another trooper pulls up. I step out of my car. The next trooper gets out of his car. The first trooper tells me to walk to the back of my car. I walk back there. Trooper one tells me to stand on one leg. The problem is I can't stand on one leg when I'm sober. I have no cartilage in both my knees, no ligaments in my left knee, and only a posterior cruciate ligament in my right knee. I start to laugh and calmly explain this. Trooper 2 smiles slightly and actually looks like a human being. 
I told you to stand on one leg, left leg first. So I do it, and naturally I wobble. Stand on your right leg. Again I wobble. He takes a flashlight and shines the fucking thing right in my eyes. Look to the left. Look to the right. All right, you're under arrest. Oh, come on, fellas, I'll be all right. My friend is a highway patrol cop. I've got two PBA's cards. Give me a... Just then, the cocksucker hits me with a forearm smash over my left eye. He tries to grab my right arm and pull it behind me so he can cuff me. I hear, take it easy from the other number two trooper. My instincts take over. I wrestled in high school and college. Wrestled in the AAUs. I have a brown belt in Kempo, a brown belt in Taekwondo, studied Budo Jiu-Jitsu for a year and boxed for three years. I can handle myself, but I was never really a bully or one who looked for trouble. In fact, I always tried to avoid trouble. But this son of a bitch pisses me off, so as he grabs my right arm, I overhook him with my left arm, flip him over, and we both fall to the ground. Trooper 2 pitches in, and between the two of them, they manage to get the cuffs on me. I'm bruised on my left elbow, scraped on my left knee, and Trooper 1 has a big gash on his left leg. Trooper 2 helps me up and looks at Trooper 1 and says, Jesus, he's got cards. His buddy is a... Trooper 1 yells, I don't care who he knows. Trooper 2 helps me into the car. You come with me. We're driving, he explains that he's going to take me back to the Trooper barracks in Valley Stream for a while, fill out some paperwork, and then he'll release me. So I get in his car. The cuffs are tight. I can't believe this has happened. We get to the barracks, and Trooper 2 leads me inside, loosens the cuffs, tells me to sit down on a bench, and then proceeds to cuff my right wrist to the arm of the bench. What happens next, I ask. He tells me he's going to fill out some paperwork, and I should just sit still, be quiet, and relax. After about ten minutes later, Trooper 1 comes in, bleeding from his left leg. Two paramedics come in and someone from Internal Affairs. One paramedic goes over to Trooper 1. The other paramedic and the guy from Internal Affairs comes over to me, uncuff me, and lead me into another room. Are you okay? Do you want to go to the hospital? Hospital? For what? I'm fine. I just want to get the hell out of here. The paramedic looks me over, takes my blood pressure, and they both ask me a few questions. They tell me that when there's an incident like this, Internal Affairs gets involved. The guy from Internal Affairs asked me for a statement as to what had happened. So I basically tell him what I'm telling you now. I had a few drinks with dinner at Beaumonties, took the BQE to the expressway to the Cross Island to the parkway, and here I am. I never mention Hoboken or the drinks in the city. They lead me back, and I'm cuffed to the bench again. Both troopers are working on separate computers. Trooper 1 won't even look at me, but I notice a big fucking bandage on his leg. Trooper 2 tells me, boy, you're clean as a whistle. He looks up from his computer, looks me right in the eye, shakes his head. It's now about 11 p.m. Would you please let me call my friend, I plead? Trooper 2 tells me to sit tight. Both troopers leave the room. About 15 minutes later, Trooper 2 comes back in and says, all right, who's your friend? I ask him to please let me have my cell phone back and I'll call him. He gives me the phone. Go to my contact list, look for Zolt, and press send. Please answer. Yes, Mikey, I hear. Oh, there is a God. Zolt, I'm in trouble. I explain to him what's happened. He asks to speak to Trooper 2. Trooper 2 takes my phone, goes into another room. After about five minutes, he returns and hands me the phone. Zolt tells me he's coming to get me. 
but I have to do whatever they tell me and I have to blow. This means I have to take a breathalyzer. If I don't, I'll automatically lose my license for a year. All right, all right, just get me the fuck out of here. I thank him, put the phone down. Two other troopers come in and lead me into another room. One sits by the door, the other leads me over to a microphone, a machine, looks like a microphone. He hands me a slim funnel-like apparatus and tells me to take a deep breath and blow into it, and that if I don't blow hard enough, it won't register. I blow as hard as I can. Is that hard enough? He nods his head and smirks. They lead me back to the bench, and Trooper 2 tells me to sit down and wait. No more cuffs. It's now about 11.45 p.m., and Zolt shows up. He comes in smiling, introduces himself to the boys, shakes my hand, and asks me if I'm okay. I nod. Trooper 2 comes over, hands me my four computer printouts, summonses. He gives me back my wallet, my phone, and the small amount of cash I had with me. I shake his hand. Trooper 1 is nowhere in sight. I walk outside with Zolt to his SUV. We get in. You okay? He asks me again. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm just fucking exhausted. Zolt is the salt of the earth. He's a guy who came into this country as a boy from Romania and is a self-made man. I met him about 15 years ago in Bethpage Auto Repair, a place where I'd been taking my cars for years. He was working there for his uncle and eventually took over the shop. He enlisted in the Marines, became a Nassau County police officer, and now was a well-respected highway patrolman. I had done him several favors, gave him good advice financially, and brought his repair shop much business. We're friends. He tells me, you blew a .18. What does that mean? He proceeds to explain that it means I was more than two times over the legal limit of .08. This is not good. He says I'll need a lawyer. He says there's nothing else he could do because it was basically after the fact and that everything was basically in the computer already. All right, I'll get some calls tomorrow, get myself out of this, I'll make some calls, and I will get myself out of this. He drops me off where my brand new Lincoln MKZ is at my house in Bethpage, where my ex-wife and daughter are sound asleep. I thank him again and again. He assures me he was glad to help, and that he called me tomorrow with the name of a lawyer friend who handles these cases every day. I wait for him to pull away. Then I get into the Lincoln, drive to West Babylon, pull into my apartment complex, take my clothes off, sit on the edge of my bed, shake my head. What the fuck just happened? I lie down and pass out.